brother. Boy, oh boy, you guys, we have recently created the video that explored the idea about whether or not Petunia could have been a witch and all of the potential implications if that had been true. And I was genuinely blown away by all of the various twists and turns. Like she marries Snape, leaves him, still ends up with Vernon at the end of the day. Who could have seen it coming? Not me. But it did bring up a very interesting question that I never felt like I properly gave due consideration in the past because, well, quite frankly, it never really even seemed possible for Petunia and Vernon to potentially produce magical offspring. But when Petunia is a witch, all of a sudden it does seem that much more likely that Dudley Dursley, AKA Idle Diddykins, AKA Big D, could have a little bit of Hogwarts potential in him. Which then of course immediately brings to the surface a question that we must answer. If he did in fact attend Hogwarts, which house would he be sorted into? And right off the cuff, I know what we're all thinking. We're all on the same page. It feels right as rain, clear as day, fits like a glove. Obviously Dudley Dursley would be sorted into Raven. I'm just messing with you, it's impossible. No, just, just, just no. While Dudders might have some of the qualities for the other three houses, I think before we even dive in and try to like sort him in earnest, we can rule this one out. Nothing at all against, you know, Big D, but I always sort of feel like you have to take into consideration what the character themselves values the most. And with Dudley, I never really felt like, you know, wit beyond measure was his greatest treasure. A really good example of that sort of value versus actual personality situation is got to be Neville being sorted into Gryffindor. It's not exactly like Neville always had this sort of like innate bravery that so many of his other classmates did. But it is a trait that he valued and coveted above all else. And as we all know, eventually found in spades, or should I say swords, am I right? It really just never gets old, does it? The point that it ultimately illustrates though, is that while Neville wasn't necessarily absolutely brave at the beginning, it is where he was absolutely destined to end up. So again, going back to Dudley, I think we can pretty easily rule out Ravenclaw. However, I do think that the other three houses are all really good candidates for him. And as such, we're going to try to figure out what house Dudley might value the most and get to the bottom of where he belongs. Come three, three Dudley. There were there were four to begin with, and we, we rolled out the smart one. Do you see why? Okay, so where to begin? This is sort of something I haven't given that much consideration to in the past, because again, it just never seemed likely that Dudley could end up at Hogwarts. So where do we even begin as to like, what would be a good indicator as to the proper house that he might belong in? Because while Harry does go and visit the Dursleys every single year, and we do get a look at these characters every single year, we never really get to know Dudley all that well, do we? For a good portion of the series, he almost just serves as being like, the exact opposite of Harry, at least underneath the Dursley's roof. He is aggressively spoiled in sharp contrast to Harry, who is just obviously neglected and mistreated. He's a bit more brawny compared to Harry's like small sleek seekers frame. And overall just kind of has this like air of superiority that can only ever really come from growing up in a household where you're only regarded as the most specialist boy to ever be. And do those characteristics sound familiar at all? Because 
They're almost to the letter, an exact blend of Draco Malfoy, Crab, and Goyle. Which means the first house that we need to examine is of course, Slytherin. Honestly, I feel like if you were just pose this question on a whim, like which house would Dudley end up in, your knee-jerk reaction very easily could be Slytherin. For one, it's almost certainly where both Vernon and Petunia would end up if either of them were actually magically inclined. They both have this like extremely heavy emphasis on status and materialism. And they almost seem to have like their own version of like the muggle side of blood purity, where in their mind, of course, the muggles are the pure blood. And I also feel like Harry being accepted into Hogwarts meant that he could escape the Dursleys and his cousin Dudley only to find Dudley's exact duplicate in wizarding form Draco Malfoy. It almost starts to feel a little bit like a no-brainer, right? Like Dudley must be in Slytherin, but I actually don't think so. Slytherins value cunning, ambition, and resourcefulness. And now that I say that out loud, I'm not actually sure how Crabbe and Goyle got there in the first place. I suppose maybe just generally being power hungry lands you under like the banner of ambition somehow. But honestly, I feel like they're really kind of dragging the house down a little bit. Maybe again, it's a little bit like the Neville example. While they don't necessarily have these characteristics on like proud display, they value the characteristics of Slytherin house just, you know, deep, deep, deep. How thick could you get? Deep, deep down. I mean, I guess when you frame it like that, Slytherin doesn't have like a, a, a terrible argument. Dudley. Certainly, I guess I can see a world where this is the case because he is similar to Crab and Goyle and has some of the same characteristics as Malfoy, but I also feel like Dudley is the leader of his group and I just don't think that it fits together all the way. So let's examine the other two houses. Do either Gryffindor or Hufflepuff make even more sense for Dudley? Well, again, we don't always get to know that much information about Dudders, but he does have one particularly unique interest that he excels at as he gets a little bit older. Older. That is, of course, that he is introduced to boxing, or as Uncle Vernon likes to call it, the noble sport. It might just be me, but I personally find that to be like one of the funniest lines of all seven books. I, I have no idea. It just it just rings. This is one of those things where I feel like they were trying to spin it in such a way that was like, yeah, he's a bigger guy, and so he can be good at beating up other people. It, it was sort of an example of like, how can we have him put in little to no effort and still excel at something? But that's not really how it actually is. He's really good at it. I mean, he does become a junior heavyweight inter-school boxing champion of the Southeast. And to hear him tell it, he knocks out his championship opponent for like a solid 20 minutes. And I bring this up alongside his candidacy for Gryffindor, because let's face it, if Hogwarts has a jock house, if you will, probably is Gryffindor. Bunch of broom jockeys, am I right? Yeah. Think of James Potter, for example, in all of his Quidditch glory, carrying around a snitch and freely releasing it just so we can snatch it back out of the air. It's like the wizarding equivalent to that guy who wears a Letterman jacket and carries a football around with him at all times, even though he can't carry anything else in that hand because he's got the football. That's gotta be inconvenient. I'll be holding this basketball for the rest of this argument. But also on that note, furthering his candidacy for Gryffindor is the fact that boxing anyone at all on any level requires a certain amount of courage and bravery. I mean, obviously we see Dudley sort of pick on kids around the neighborhood and Harry sort of needs to like dish it back at him. He's up another 10 year old. But the fact is he actually can go toe to toe with real trained opponents and stepping into the ring and knowing that you could potentially be punched, you know, 
in the face requires an amount of bravery. However, as we said earlier, the sorting hat does take into account what you value the most. So just because you are capable of something like courage or bravery or chivalry, which at the very least we know at least somewhat capable of. We had to write an essay about our hero at school, Mr. Mason, and I wrote about you. That's 10 out of 10 chivalry if you ask me. <sighs> but again, just because you're capable of something doesn't mean you actually value it because in the case of Mr. Mason, it feels like he's not actually being all that sincere. Who'd want to be friends with you? And also later in Order of the Phoenix, we find out that while Dudley is capable of boxing other opponents, he does also tend to pick on kids who are just much younger than himself, which doesn't exactly scream values courage, does it? Yeah, I'm dropping the ball. But guys, we need to pause right there to give a quick thank you to today's sponsor, Grammarly. It is January, and if you are a student or a teacher, then it is the start of a new semester, and what better time to make a decision that can improve everything you do for the rest of the year. Whether you're working on boosting your GPA or just want to work more efficiently, Grammarly can ensure you're doing your best work every time. Grammarly is such a useful tool for everything we do here at Super Carlin Brothers because we do an enormous amount of writing, whether it's the scripts that you see in these videos or even just emails to other professionals in the industry. That's what makes Grammarly so useful. It works across everything I use, whether it's Gmail, Slack, or Google Docs. By proofreading sentences and suggesting rewrites, it actually improves every piece of communication I make throughout my entire day. And if all you're trying to do is just simply avoid careless writing errors, then it is a must have, and it is free to download. The free version of Grammarly is great. It offers writing suggestions, a tone detector, and a synonym tool. Meaning it doesn't just fix smaller writing errors, it actually makes you an overall better communicator. And raise your hand, who all could use being a slightly better communicator? Me too! High five. On top of that, Grammarly Premium comes with even more amazing features, including clarity full sentence rewrites, which will flag hard to read sentences and cut down on jargon. We don't need so much jargon, people. There's too much of it floating around. Premium even comes with a plagiarism detector, which will catch all of the details and make sure you're covering all of your bases. From essays and projects to emails and presentations, make your semester better this year with Grammarly. And you can sign up for an account today when you head on over to grammarly.com super and get 20% off when you upgrade to premium. Again, that's going to be grammarly.com super for 20% off. One last time, grammarly, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com super. Link is in the description down below. But so then what? Hufflepuff? The house that values hard work, loyalty, fair play? Not exactly sure that five on one versus a 10 year old is fair play. This one deserved it. Oh, well, if you say so, Dudley. No, admittedly not. But I also don't know that we can entirely judge Dudley based on a few different interactions, especially because I'm not sure that we ultimately learn the most important factor about who Dudley truly is until after this incident. I'm speaking, of course, of the Dementor attack that happens right after in the alleyway between Wisteria Walk and Magnolia Crescent. Did I need to tell you the specific streets? No. Did I get this question right when Jay got it wrong in a recent quiz? Man, that is word for word. Yes! Man! Yeah, that happened. That did happen. My own personal glory aside, this is a super impactful scene for Dudley, who, barring a handful of other incidents with the wizarding world, might actually have been experiencing the first event of his life that properly opened his eyes to the world. This is actually another situation where I think we can compare Dudley's character to Draco in the same way, but with 
ultimately different outcomes. Both of these characters are subjected to a fairly controlled upbringing where the stance and position of the family is very well known. I was the only one to see her for what she was. And for many kids of this age, the outcome is pretty predictable. They end up parroting their parents' own beliefs out into the world. You'll soon find out that some wizarding families are better than others, Potter. Oftentimes, it's not until they've been able to go out into the world on their own and experience it for themselves to potentially change their minds. And even when that's the case, I'm not sure it's always a sure thing. I say this because the way that Dudley behaves is a direct result of the example set for him by his two parents. They are cruel to Harry, so why would he treat him any differently? But then after all of these years, and despite that cruelty, Harry obviously saves him anyway. And after the Dementor attack, a lot happens. For one, Petunia and Vernon are absolutely determined to blame it on Harry, despite the fact Harry absolutely saved Dudley in this instance. And this moment is really important because it could be the very first time that Dudley ever realizes the flaw in his parents' way of thinking. Because while Dudley may have been okay with Harry's mistreatment because it usually meant that he was being treated all that much better and made that much more special, he, Dudley himself, actually knows what happened inside of that alleyway which again is between Wisteria Walk and Magnolia Crescent for those keeping track. And I do think that knowledge, the realization that maybe his parents' line of thinking isn't always correct, might have been enough to start to push Dudley towards his true character. And what I'm referring to here is the subsequent summers where what we see are what feel like pretty feeble attempts for Dudley to show Harry any amount of kindness. It's like, for example, when he leaves the cup of tea outside of Harry's room for him. This might seem small and he doesn't even tell Harry that that's what he's done, but this is a child who has grown up not being taught in any way, shape or form what kindness actually looks like. And yet the thing that I want to try to emphasize here is that he is trying. And I don't think it's that he like feels like he owes Harry or anything like that. I just genuinely think he's trying to be nice to him. And it's funny, but I actually feel like Harry himself recognizes that like the kindness meter when it pertains to Dudley might be a little bit skewed or just otherwise broken. But he hasn't said thank you at all. He only said he didn't think Harry was a waste of space. Yeah, but coming from Dudley, that's like, I love you. I would just like to remind you all that I don't think any of you are a waste of space. Love Ben Carlin. The point I'm trying to make though, is that by now Dudley is absolutely worried about Harry's well-being. He himself has actually even experienced firsthand what kind of dangers might lie out there. And he's just not as resigned as he has been for his entire life to just allow whatever's going to happen to Harry to happen to him. Because keep in mind, this takes place in Deathly Hallows. It has been two full years since the attack in the alleyway, which as a reminder took place between Mysteria Walk and Magnolia Crescent. This is not just like an emotional response to something that literally just happened the day before. He's been stewing on it for two full years. And so for me, I personally like to think that Dudley, after all this time, is actually making it through the like thicket of negativity that his parents have laid before him. He's demonstrating a kind of loyalty to Harry. He doesn't even want to leave without him. He's wondering why Harry isn't coming with them. His 
own self might finally be emerging. And again, while it might feel like a really low bar, it is otherwise a genuine and true effort towards showing how he cares for his cousin. And so now it's not just this sense of fairness that is emerging that might make him a good candidate for Hufflepuff, but if we go back to before the Dementor attack, we can start to see that he did feature other characteristics of the house as well. Like for example, if we go back to his boxing championship, like he does in fact find a way to win it. Yes, he does use this newfound skill to bully people, but also think about where he was coming ahead of that time. At one point, Harry describes him as being wider than he is tall, and yet he does find a way to work himself to the top spot in a form of very athletic competition. That does take immense hard work and effort and energy to pull off. And again, you might want to lean on the idea that like, well, yeah, he's a bigger guy. So of course he's good at boxing, but when it comes to boxing, you compete by weight class. So that would be irrelevant. His opponent would be his size as well. So yes, despite his ill temper, he does have a tremendous work ethic. And lastly, you might be thinking like, okay, well, maybe he does eventually come around and start to see things in a better light, but the sorting happens at age 11. And at that time, he definitely wasn't there yet. Wouldn't he almost certainly still be more likely to end up at Slytherin based on that age? I really doubt it because I personally believe that the sorting hat is able to see through all of the rest down to your very core and who you truly are. Again, it's why despite the fact that Neville insisted to the sorting hat that he be placed in Hufflepuff, it knew that he belonged in Gryffindor. And I personally believe the same would be true for Dudley. I think the Sorting Hat could have seen that deep down inside of him was a hardworking, kind person and that he would belong in Hufflepuff. Also, you guys may have noticed my super cool shirt and it is actually a part of the Super Carlin Shirt Club over on Patreon. If you'd like to check it out for yourself, you can head on over to patreon.com slash supercarlinbrothers and select the Shirt Club tier. But guys, as always, thank you so much for watching. Be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you'd like to find out what house Hagrid might have actually belonged in, you can check out this video right over here. But otherwise, until next time, bye.